Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful unto you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your word that's anointed to bless us. And we know that today to your word will not fail. It will bless us in Jesus' name. Say a big amen. Amen. In Matthew chapter 2, we are continuing our series on loyalty. And so we want to consider Matthew chapter 2. Verse number 7 and 8, and then we'll do verse number 11. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 7, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. Verse 11 says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and may. All right. So we have been dealing broadly with service, and we have been talking under the worship of service. We have been dealing with loyalty. We started by talking about Features of wicked servants, and then we came into pitfalls of true servants. And so we want to consider pitfalls of true servants, part three. And today we want to consider a materiality mindset. And so we have spoken about pitfalls of true servants. So our focus here is on servants who have right motives, good heart, and they are loyal. They want to serve God with a good heart, but sometimes their actions lead to disloyalty, or sometimes not knowing certain things puts some seeds in their heart that makes them eventually turn out as disloyal people. So they set out to help. They set out to be a blessing, but they end up breaking, destroying, or chopping down what Possibly they set out to build. And so every true servant is going to have temptations. is going to have pitfalls. is going to have slippery grounds that are going to try to pull you into a pit that you have not set out to enter. And one of the things we said in part two of this thing was the fact that familiarity will block the true servant from receiving from the blessings that are in the in the in the container of the man of God, all right? So your loyalty first to God, to his kingdom, and then to the man of God you are being called to serve. So today we are talking about materiality because in serving, we see these three wise men, they were called to Herod's palace, and they were given promises. Come, when you find where he is, come and tell us. We also will diligently search for him and go and serve him 
And I believe that if you read the whole chapter, you will find out that they were given handsome rewards or handsome rewards were promised to people or persons who were able to discover where Jesus was so that Herod could just kill. Right. So these people, when they came to where Jesus was in verse 11, they rather gave their materials. So they refused to be people who were takers. They became givers. And we are saying that one of the pitfalls of true servants is the materiality mindset. That when you go around your leader, the mindset or your definition of materialism, that kind of mindset can become a temptation. It can become a pitfall for you to lose your loyalty and enter into disloyalty. And this is very crucial because my generation has seen something that is different around the man of God. Because truth of the matter is that the blessings, the material blessings around the man of God, and even the spiritual blessings around the man of God can become a pitfall for you to enter into disloyalty. And today we want to discuss that. Both the anointing, the miraculous power, and the financial, the material resources that are around the man of God, when you are privy to, you are open to, it can become a trap for the follower to fall into the pit. So we see here that the three magi or the three wise men visited and their purpose was to worship, basically to serve. And they were not interested or prepared for any business around the baby Jesus. And we have said that baby Jesus stands for the kingdom of God. It stands for ministry. It stands for the pastor. All right. So when they went around baby Jesus, their preoccupation was to worship, was to serve. They were not prepared or interested in any kind of business around the baby. They didn't want to sell baby stuff. They didn't want to use the opportunity for being around the baby to do any kind of business or to make any demands um, from being around or to sell any kind of franchise or any followership. All right. So true servants, they seek first pure and loyal kingdom service before any other additions. And the wise men sought for this. They sought for pure kingdom service. Like the Bible talks about, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. So the question is, when you come around your man of God, what becomes your preoccupation? Two things could happen. You could maintain the purity of your purpose in worship or service, or you could be diverted into looking into mundane things or material things that will cause you to enter into disloyalty. What you allow your heart to fixate on would determine whether you will turn out as a loyal servant and maintain your loyalty through time, or you will start from the place of loyalty but lose your loyalty in the course of time. I think that there is a rule, there is a canonized rule that loyalty today does not mean loyalty tomorrow. So someone can be loyal today and lose their loyalty in the course of time. So one of the things that will make someone lose their loyalty in the course of time is when you lose the purity of your purpose. 
your purpose to serve. I have been called to this man of God. I've been called to this ministry. I came here. My basic purpose was to serve. That's my primary purpose, to serve. But over time, other things get introduced get introduced into the course of your staying in that realm or staying around the servant of God. And it begins to change your heart and dilute your purpose. So you see that you move from fixating on the true trueness or the purity of your purpose for service and other things, other benefits that you now begin to develop to want to have begin to drive you. And when those things begin to drive you, that having got eternal substance, it can drive your heart away from the man of God. So true servant, cultivate the heart of giving to the kingdom rather than receiving material things from the pastor. When the three wise men went around Jesus, the Bible is very clear that they brought out their treasure and they presented it, it, it unto Jesus, baby Jesus, which is symbolic of the ministry, the pastor, and service, all right? So they brought out gold, they brought out frankincense, and they brought out man. So true servant actually cultivate the heart. It is a cultivation. It is a deliberate, intentional art of developing giving rather than receiving because in the kingdom the blessing is in the giving not in the receiving and service is also part of the giving and god loves a cheerful giver so when you are a true servant at heart you have to cultivate the heart of giving to the kingdom rather than receiving material things or sometimes even spiritual things or things that are intangible or intrinsic and yet they are important to you you want to receive them from the past and i'm going to get there but i need to lay a strong foundation so these true seven consider what their personal material resources can do to nature to grow and to prosper the kingdom and the leader than anything else so when the three wise men went there they were more considerate about what their resources could do to nurture baby Jesus to grow well, all right, and to cause the growth of baby Jesus and then the prosperity of his future ministry. That is what their concentration was. So when you are a true servant at, at heart and you are a loyal servant and you want to really maintain your loyalty, you have to begin to cultivate the attitude, the spirit, the heart, where you come around the leader to nurture with your resources, to grow whatever the vision is, and to make sure that the ministry or the pastor prospers in whatever God has called them to do. I need you to digest this. So, people who come around and they have a taking mentality, they end up in the pit of disloyalty. So, with this posture... We see the three wise men, they walked away from the material temptations which were offered to them by the palace. The palace had promised. Anybody who sees where baby servant is and comes to expose the baby servants to us, we are going to give them gold, we give them a lot of things. But these people, when they took the posture of they themselves cultivating to giving, nurturing, growing, 
prospering the ministry of their pastor, they were not interested in collecting any handsome rewards from what the palace could offer them. They couldn't be tempted. Givers cannot be tempted. People who are true at heart in service, they are loyal and they go beyond the entrapment of materialism. They cannot be tempted. Remember the Bible said, the love of money or the love for money is the beginning of all evil. So when your heart moves away from loving God purely into loving other things, not only money, anything that gives you a thrill, anything that fascinates you, Around your service in a spiritual place. Aside the true nature of worshipping God in spirit and in truth. Is equal to love of money. And sometimes. Your heart can easily be swayed. Into going into other things. So these people could not be tempted. A leader should watch out. For people who see the ministry as an opportunity. To create and sustain material things. The material things could be marriage. It could be children. It could be career, employment, business, whatever. Not just money. Not just seeing the car of the pastor. The house of the pastor. The dressing of the pastor. Not just seeing. People can even begin to enter into disloyalty. For seeing the entourage of the pastor. And a pastor having an entourage, there is nothing wrong with it. The Bible said Jesus moved and other boats, other small boats moved with him. He had a convoy. You see, in the kingdom, we need to demystify some things. Solomon's temple, he had servants. And the quality of his wisdom and excellence were defined in how the servants turned out. So when a pastor has great people around them and great people want to travel with their pastor, go into a program with their pastor, protocol want to go, people who serve in management want to go, people want to drive their car as missionaries and follow their pastor wherever they go, some people can begin to feel that it's a flamboyant lifestyle. But when people are loyal, they want to follow. Wherever Jesus went, not only did the disciples follow, the crowds also followed. Women of substance followed. So you see that the kingdom has a way of operating. And all these things around the pastor can become a temptation for a loyal servant to begin to become disloyal. So if you are a pastor, you are a leader, you have to watch out for people who are around the ministry, who want to use the ministry as an opportunity to create and sustain material things. Some people will come around the church and they want to just do business. They want to sell. They want to open some pub, sell food, sell this, sell that, blah, blah, blah. Once the church says, look, okay, the church wants to run it. Individuals are not going to run it. People can become angry. They can become offended. Some people want to establish a kiosk to sell oil. <laughs> to sell some of the tokens. Maybe communion wine. Wafers. Maybe sell some crucifix. You know, just do business with church. And because sometimes when people come around ministries and pastors, all they see is business opportunity. 
But if you decide that you want to streamline the system and, and that people who want to sell around, of course, people will eat when they come to church, drink when they come to church, but we also want to be sure of where the things are coming from because we don't want people to come to church, eat a food and, and have food poisoning. So when people are being directed that you can't do this, the church wants to do this, People begin to be offended. Some people really get offended. And uh, they begin to think that, well, um, this is also what I'm getting in the church to feed my family and all of that. Listen to me. You didn't come to church to feed your family. And it's very important that if you are someone who is true at heart, when these things get streamlined around you, you don't get offended. So there are people also who come around the pastor and they see that the pastor is really anointed. And his anointing can help their business. His anointing can help their marriage. His anointing can help their childbirth. It can help something. It is true that anointing destroys yokes. But when your heart goes into what the anointing can do for you only as a motivation for your service... You are likely to become a disloyal servant after a while when your hope is deferred. Let me take it again. When you come around Jesus, knowing that he is miraculous and that he is is a miracle working pastor, or you are around your pastor, you know that, hey, people are having testimonies. Me too, I'm serving. And of course, you serve for your testimonies and all of that. But when that becomes your first priority, When the anointing, which the pastor doesn't control, does not bring you the result you expect to have at the time you expect to have those results, your heart can be sick, you can be disappointed because of the delay, and it can make you start entering into the pit of disloyalty. This is when grace begins to treat you in a way that you don't understand. Alright, so there are people who come around the leader and they see that, look, this man has an anointing that can give me protection. It can give me preservation for my business in the market. So they are around, they are served, and you should serve for all these things. But I'm saying that when things become challenging and the anointing does not perform at that time when you are expecting it to perform, if that is your topmost priority, it can make you become disloyal. That's why you see people come around pastors and they say that, Medina Chia, what happened in my life? Look at my marriage. Look at my children. Look at my business. Look at my this. It is important that the anointing does all these things, but sometimes in God's will, the anointing might not be performing at the time you want it to perform. And if that materialistic mindset that give and take mindset is what you have. I'm serving, of course, and whilst I'm serving, I'll be pregnant. But if you, whilst you are serving, the pregnancy doesn't come, it can make your heart deflate and you can become disloyal. So a lot of pastors have lost great people around them because they felt like the material anointing or the spiritual anointing around the pastor has not worked for them. And since it has not worked for them, they need to shift ground. So there are users of the grace of God for personal material gains. And those people do not last around the ministry. 
I am anointed by the special grace of God. You come around me and there will be testimonies. But the truth of the matter is that whilst we are talking about people having miraculous pregnancies and babies and jobs and all of that, there are many more people also around who are still have been with us for a while and they are still trusting God to receive these things that even newcomers have been receiving. You, you can imagine. One time I was talking to a lady who was married for like five years, no children, and then I took time, spent time in praying with her and then she got her baby and then she and the husband wanted to come and say thank you to me. And I told her that it's not necessary. Why? Because you even belong to another church and you want to go back to that church and all of that. That's also fantastic. But spending that time with me, and 30 minutes, thank you, pastor, blah, blah, blah. It's not important to me because I told her, I said that there are many women married in my church. Some married 10 years, 12 years, 8 years, believing God for babies. And they have not gotten the baby. I need to attend to them the same way I attended to you. So sitting with me one hour just to come and thank me, you are wasting the precious opportunity of other people. What, what the, what's the point I'm making? The point I'm making is that, look, things are happening in the keeper's house. But there are other people too who are seeing and hearing these testimonies and they are still believing God for from the beginning of this ministry till now and the miracle has not happened yet. It will happen, but it has not happened yet. And when you keep hearing these testimonies over time, if you are not careful, your heart for what you are believing God for can drive you away into disloyalty, the pit of disloyalty. So you are a true servant, but what you are expecting to receive based on the anointing on the house, working for other people, which has not worked for you yet, can make you begin to become disloyal. You will withdraw your service your true service, because the delay can give you some punches and make you, you know, it will knock you out. And I'm praying that you shall not be knocked out in Jesus' mighty name. So when all these material things, of course, babies and all of that, they are spiritual materials. Marriage is one. Employment is one. Expecting a healing. All these things are earthly things given to us by supernatural grace and power. So when they delay... It can make your heart sick. And when your heart goes into the resort orientation of such things, you don't last long around such a ministry and such a minister. And so this morning, this teaching is to help you put your heart in place. That first of all, I came to follow God. I came to serve God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all other things. So every other thing you are looking for is all other things. And if you continue to seek it first, the kingdom of God, those other things will be added in the course of time. So when people who see grace come around and they don't see manifestation, they sometimes begin to have this mindset. All right, When a, a bidder with a higher offer comes along, they will switch to the happening place. That's why you see somebody who is in a church. The thing is not working. They just switch because it's like this is the happening place. It's happening there. It's going there. But if you are a true and loyal servant, you have to stay. You cannot be bid out, all right, bidded out of, 
of your place of worship because it is happening in another place. You need to stay put. So the truth is that sometimes whatever the servant is looking for is not in the physical power of the pastor to give. I mean, these three wise men went to Jesus, assuming they had needs that were supposed, and did you think they did not have need? They had. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus was too a baby to give them anything. Sometimes your pastor doesn't have that physical control over what you are looking for. If they had the power, right? They are anointed, but they don't control how the manifestation happens. I am anointed. I will pray for you, but it is God who determines what you receive. So, how much could baby Jesus give to the three wise men? What material? Baby Jesus had never worked before. Baby Jesus had never seen life. He was just a born king, kingdom pastor. You know, sometimes your pastor is in that baby face. Where he is unable, he doesn't have any ability, capability to help you physically. He has no control give you a baby. Alright? Now, if you don't understand this, this is how people push some fake pastors and they sleep with them in the church. They sleep with them by the seaside. They do some directions and tokens and rituals for them. Because you feel like, look, I've seen the anointing. But the truth of the matter is that though the anointing is flowing, the pastor doesn't have control because it is only fetish priests who have control over what they do for people. Pastors don't have control. Pastors, eh, we speak in tongues as the Spirit gives us utterance. Alright? Bible said, and God, Acts chapter 19 verse 11. Watch this very carefully. Please watch it. Act 19, 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. So, all you see is the hands of Paul touching you and special miracles are happening. But who is behind the scenes doing it? It's God. It is God who is rotting or doing the special miracles through the instrumentality of the hands of Paul. So yes, God has put the anointing upon your pastor, but your pastor doesn't control how the anointing works. It is God who decides to do. It is not of him that will let need of him that run it, but it is God who showed mercy. I can fast and pray for you all I can, but if God says, Sarah, your childbirth is going to be at this time, it's going to come in the will of God. All that I'm doing with you is to put you in a condition to be able to receive when God is ready. So the truth of the matter is that pastor wants every woman believing God for the fruit of the womb to have it. Every unemployed person in the church to have it. Every sick person to be healed. Everyone who has a dream to have your dream materialized. And we will release anointing in that direction. But the final clearing authority is the Holy Spirit. And so baby Jesus can't do much. Alright? That's the truth of the matter. Physically, your pastor can wish your pastor can agree with you and all of that will still not bring the manifestation in the time that you wish. But they can only try. And it is God that will bring it to pass. So the baby physically couldn't offer much at the particular stage of life. But with the passing of time, we know that the mature Jesus manifested miraculous power in the lives of those who tarried around him. Baby Jesus couldn't do much. 
but the mature Jesus was manifesting miraculous power. And this is the revelation. If you stay around your pastor and it is in the babiness of the ministry, the time that you are believing your expectation is not being met by your manifestation. Watch it. If you are not careful, you will leave. You will become disloyal. But if you stay and give your treasure, your gold, your frankincense, your man, and you worship and stay loyal and stay around baby Jesus to nurture, to grow, and to cause him to prosper, if he doesn't die by the circular diseases and he matures to become a mature Jesus, a mature ministry, a mature pastor, one that has been favored beyond a certain level in the sight of God, he will begin to manifest miraculous power that will be able to multiply bread. That will be able to open the eyes of the blind. That will be able to open the ears of the deaf. The miracle will come with the passing of time. We don't see baby Jesus doing much miracle, but we see mature Jesus doing a lot. That is to say that people who stay loyal with their pastor, even though they have issues, if they stay long enough, the ministry itself will be transformed from one phase to the other, to the other. And when you stay in time, the passing of time will release the miraculous power that will deal with the matter. That's why you see that someone will say that I've been in this church for 30 years. I am past 50 years and this is my first child. God just did it. That's somebody who stayed for 30 years. Because if you stay, the truth of the matter is that the anointing upon your pastor, upon the ministry, will start manifesting in your life. And whatever yoke it is, by faithfulness, God will break that yoke. God will scatter that yoke, will dismantle that yoke by the anointing. But people who leave, they don't see the manifestation. I'm feeling it already. Alright, so it's important that loyalists who stay with a good heart get more in the end. <laughs> Imagine all the people who abandoned baby Jesus. When he got into his mature state and he was doing miracles, they couldn't come near. So when the need for particular things is the driving force for service, such true servants get disappointed and disloyal over time when things delay. I think that point has been made so clear. When the need for particular things, it could be anything at all, is the driving force for service, such servants get disappointed and disloyal over time when things delay, that's when you hear that I followed him. What and Peter asked Jesus for we have followed you for all this. So what are we going to get? So when you follow, you must get things. But Jesus said that if you keep following, you'll be blessed there and here. All right. That so the blessings come when you keep following. All right. This thing called disloyalty. Material is very important. That's why when Jesus died, you didn't see the true disciples dividing his dress. But you saw the disloyal servants, the soldiers, dividing his dress. That's all this why they are targeted his royal garment. Sometimes the prosperity of your pastor can kill you. Sometimes the prosperity of the ministry. The ministry has so much money. Why am I struggling? And I'm coming there. I'm feeling it, pa. Come in there. 
Alright. Look at John chapter 12. This is brother Judas. And I want to take you through the faces that made him become disloyal. John chapter 12 verse 3 to 7. When there are things around your pastor. His businesses are doing well. His ministry is doing well. People are giving him gifts. And all of that. It can become a problem for you the follower. Then took Mary a, a pound of ointment of spikenard. Very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with, his he- with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment, blessings. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, we should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Verse number 5. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Verse 7, watch it. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying, has she kept this, alright? So, God is trying to teach us. Judas's disloyalty began when a particular need he wanted to have was not met. What was the need? He wanted the money in the bag. And the money did not enter the bag. The money entered into ministration for the pastor, for the ministry. And Judas became offended. Watch this very... Look, you would think this thing cannot affect... If you are a rich person, it will affect you. If you are poor, it will affect you. If you are loyal, it will affect you. If you are disloyal, it will affect you even more. But I'm speaking to loyal people. When the woman broke the... the, the, the and You see, go to the early verse. Verse number three. Let me show you something. There is no way the material or the prosperity of the ministry and the pastor can be hidden from the discernment of the followers. When a ministry is blessed, it's rich, it cannot be hidden. When a pastor is blessed, it's rich, it cannot be hidden. Gift to the pastor cannot be hidden. You can hide to give a pastor a car in secret, but he will drive it in the open. When a ministry has money, you will see it in the projects. That church is building, church is buying instruments. And people, it cannot be hidden. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard. It was a gift. Very costly. And anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Have you seen? That the, the thing was done, but the house was filled with the scent, the odor of the, of the, of the spikenard. That is... Anybody who had a nose to smell, everyone could discern that look. Some perfume has been poured here. <laughs> Some heavy money has come into the ministry. The church is rich. The pastor is rich. Everyone who comes around will smell it. You see it in the dressing of the pastor. You see it in the people who come around the pastor. The substance they have. And people can smell it. And sometimes people are there just to smell. 
If you are a pastor, you have to know that there are some people who are around you just to smell the odor. <laughs> the sweet smell that is coming. They will count your cars, count your houses, count the number of visits you are having. And it's a mystery. When the church is building branches, people are counting and they know that things are on ground. I'm feeling it in Pohesh. It's very powerful. Sometimes people in the finance department seeing the offerings and the tithe and the first fruit and, the, and all the pledges that are coming. Man, sometimes a finance committee during the pastor's appreciation of birthday decide on what they should. They want to honor their pastor. With, seeing what goes to the pastor, seeing what goes to the pastor's wife. Um, uh, some people say, so all this why? What have we been what have we been receiving? It can make some people begin to become the lawyer. It's a pitfall. That's why God should give every pastor and leader the wisdom to bring spiritual people who understand kingdom dynamics around sensitive things. You can't allow Herod around baby Jesus. It has to be the three wise men. The people you are bringing around sensitive things, number one, they must be spiritual. They must be people who are searching for worship. They must be people who are wise. They are spiritual and they are wise. When they wanted to replace Judas, they look for people who are full of the spirit and wise, devout men. <laughs> Not just carnal men around you because the exposure they will have can make them disloyal. I feel like pushing this message. There's a lot in me to push. So here we see it very clearly that when Judas did not get the particular money he was looking for, he became disappointed. Not only that, he became offended. So when very established servants get consumed with materialistic or socialist mindset, they take offense that leads to the betrayal of the leader. Right? Established servants, established workers, leaders, loyalists, when they come around you and they now become consumed with materialistic mindset, they now take offense and that offense leads them to betray the leader. That's why you see some people very close to pastor, very close to decision making. They start talking about things. They start giving pointers, giving bullets. They start shooting things, arrows, and all of that. Why? Because they have become offended and they are on their way to betraying the leader, the pastor. So many things journalists have about pastors were given to them by people who are close. So many ammunitions that enemies have against pastors were given to them by people who are close. Jesus said, a man's enemy are the ones of his own household. A pastor's challenge will come from the, the close quarters people, the inner circle, the inner chamber people. So it's very important that when people come around you who are even established servant, from time to time we should be teaching loyalty to increase their spirituality or else they will be disappointed for not having the gold 
not having the money. And when they are disappointed with something in particular, it could be childbirth, it could be a position you didn't give them or you withdrew from them, and they will go on a spree to betray the leadership. Because some people come and they only target position. They target something they want to do. If you understand me, this is very powerful. So they begin to betray. This is the beginning of the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. And when they want to betray, what they start with is they start with a socialist mindset. But that socialist mindset is embedded in their materialism. That the money he didn't get is what is making him develop that socialist mindset. So when they are around you, you feel like they have become social gospel people. All right, They begin to preach social gospel. There's nothing like social gospel. There's nothing like social gospel. If you are there, you say you are social gospel, you are fake. Because the gospel is not for social things. It's for spiritual things. So, when people come around and you see them moving from the spiritual platform into the social platform, that is fakery there. That is leading them. They are going to betray you a leader very, very soon. Why am I saying they become social gospel people? They begin to push social gospel ideologies. But the truth of the matter is that they are offended. And when they are pushing these social gospel ideologies, they want to blackmail and deny the leader what is truly needed to perform the kingdom business. Look at verse 5. Judas is saying he's offended for not having money. But look at how he's addressing the matter. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? <laughs> Have you seen this? It's a trick. It's as if he's caring for the poor. He's interested about the welfare of the poor. That is why this perfume must be sold. And then we should just spend the money on the poor. But if you go on, you'll find out that he was looking for an opportunity to steal. And the fact that he was not given that opportunity, the leader must not have the resources needed for the leader to be able to say, I'm feeling this thing already. Kai, it's coming. Malakuda Bahanda. All right. So when they begin to push this social gospel ideologies, it is to blackmail and deny the leader. The resources that are truly needed to perform the kingdom business. Jesus said, this thing the woman has done, it is preparing me for my barrier. And the barrier is going to save many people who are poor in their souls. Alright? But Judas is making people feel like he's concerned with the poor. That's why he's talking about social distance, blah, 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 and all of that. The church has... A lot of activities it can embark on. But at the top of the priority is the spiritual, divine, eternal salvation of the souls of people. That's why we have the church and state partnership. Alright? So, every the church has its core purpose. The state has its core purpose. The pastor has its core ministry. And the politician has his core mandate. When we begin to say politicians should do what pastors do. 
and pastors should do what politicians do. We are just, we are, we are just confused. We are confused. All right. So, but a social gospel ideology wants to blackmail the ministry and the pastor and, and cause the ministry not to have the resources needed to perform the kingdom business. So, every pastor and true servant should watch this because this is a sign of disloyalty. It's a sign that disloyal weeds are beginning to grow within the camp. It is a sign. In fact, in Matthew chapter 20 says, the Bible here in John, we see that it is Judas that spoke. But in Matthew, it says that the disciples, some of the disciples, so it is not only Judas who questioned it. Some other disciples also questioned it. <laughs> yeah, and but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? Matthew 26 verse 8. So some of the disciples also, so it's not only Judas. It's just that Judas is the one who was ragged enough, bold enough, and extremist enough to push the matter into that level where he couldn't drop it there, but he went ahead to betray him. But I'm saying that when you see the social ideologies developing like that because the ministry is prospering, the pastor is prospering, and all of that, it's a sign that the lawyer weeds are beginning to grow in the camp, <laughs> within the camp. And so pastor, watch it. It's a sign. And it's a pitfall for a servant. Every servant, when your heart begins to become very social in your ideology around the ministry, it's a sign that you are entering into the pitfall. And when that happens, you want to murder, you want to murmur or mama, and Judas became headstrong to push it. So when servants like this get offended and they begin to assume this social ideologies, in their offense, these established true servants before hypocritically begin to pose as campaigners for the poor and they begin to define true ministry as making financial provisions for the physically poor, for the destitute. All right? They begin to, they become campaigners. It's like the church should do some welfare for the poor, um, um, or some microfinance or loan and savings. Like the, the, the people should be able to come and do loan. Okay, and with little interest from the church, you know, we should take care of the poor and all of that. The church takes care of the poor all the time. But when you see people taking it as an agenda, you have to watch those people around you. Churches pay more school fees than any organization, maybe apart from government. Churches give scholarships. Churches own orphanages. More than any religion, any organization. You count orphanages in this country owned by NGOs and count orphanages owned by churches and count the numbers there. You will know that churches are doing a lot. Ministers are doing a lot. It's just that we are, Jesus told us that when we do what is good with the left hand, we shouldn't let the right hand know. 
But I think that the time has come where the church began to really speak. Because there are some people who are on social media, who are in our time, who are pushing an agenda as if the church has failed. As if we don't need a church. And it's the devil sponsoring most of them to feel like they have a message. You don't have a message. You do not have a message. All right. So when you see all these things happening, they say it's like we should give financial thing to blah, blah, blah. And, and they begin to define true ministry as the ministry that is giving financial provisions unto the poor in the society. The monies of the church are for kingdom business. Which kingdom business? The poor is just a portion of it. So when you say we should di- direct all the resources of the ministry into securing the lot of the poor, you are really misappropriating that, that, that purpose, that resources, because the poor being in the ministry, that's not the only component of the ministry. And pastors, we are, I mean, social media is shutting us up. We are even afraid to talk about it. And that's how people around you will catch the virus of disloyalty because it looks like your church is not doing enough. When the church does things, they don't come to publicize it. We don't do that. And so, how about a church that is small? What, 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 what is true ministry? Is it the church that cannot pay the rent? Is it to take the money to go and give to the people begging by the roadside? So that what? The church will not exist again because the rent of the landlord must be paid. And if that is not paid, church cannot happen. And when church cannot happen, the offering that most people are interested in cannot be guarded. And when it cannot be guarded, what can be done? An offering is not what happens in church. That's not the only thing that happens in church. The church saves lives, saves souls. And so, when people begin to push this agenda, they are pushing it, pushing it. But you see, Jesus was there to save them from spiritual poverty and to give them eternal life. And his death was a proven sacrifice. So, when you see people there who are not focusing on eternal life, eternal sacrifice to bring eternal life, right? you see that they have entered into the pit of disloyalty. And you see that devil is using that. Judah, Satan entered into his heart. So there was no point for, there was no point because proud to that time, Jesus had fed both hungry crowd and the disciples. All right. And so Jesus had fed 5,000 people, I mean, with small loaves of bread. And that's what the church does. Our small monies, we use it to do a lot of things for a lot of people. So to question Jesus receiving that ointment there for his burial, Abba, Abba. So the pastor pastoring you, let's come home. The pastor pastoring you must be poor forever. So when you see some kind of blessing around the pastor, it's like it's a crime. It's a crime. Jesus ate with sinners. They said he was a glutton. They saw him with sinners and they said he was also an evil man. What do you want pastors to do? 
And I'm not even talking about people outside the church. I'm talking about people inside the church. The question is, did you pay my school fees for my master's? Did you? I'm here. I'm doing my PhD in the University of Ghana. Not in religious studies. In a secular studies. And I'm paying my school fees myself. Not the church. When you begin to insult ministers, ministries, pastors, as if we are useless people and it, it moves your heart to become disloyal and the devil starts using you, you have to be careful. Because all these competences, by the grace of God, I have acquired the skills, these skills I've acquired through my education from either myself or my family supporting me. I'm using them freely on the members God has given me and that is ministry for me. And so if in doing that altruistically, some people are blessing me, I'm having a few resources around me, that's a problem for you. And it's like I'm a thief. So in your ignorance, you can become disloyal. Your pastors may even look evil in your eyes for the blessings around them, the blessings around them and around the ministry. Because our world has become so materialistic that when people who are doing things in the name of the Lord and they are genuine enough, start prospering, they have to hide. They have to hide To enjoy whatever it is. Because enjoying it like every other regular person enjoys it. It's a problem. It's a problem. When a pastor out of his hard work. Puts the children in international school. Which regular people who work in the bank. Work everywhere. We were in the same classroom with them. Put their children there. There is no problem. Politicians put their children there. No problem. It's a shame on anybody serving to allow material things to drive you from the place of loyalty into disloyalty. It's a shame on your work with God. It's a shame. It's a shame. And I'm praying that God will save you. I'm praying that God will secure your heart. Because if you are faithful, God will bless you. If you are faithful. As a servant, God will bless you. Your pastor is not the reason why you are poor. The church is not the reason why you are poor. The church is not the reason why your marriage is not working. Or you don't have a child. Or, you know, these are painful things. The church is no reason why you are unemployed. That is not the reason why you are. The church, the pastor is not a reason. So, don't become disloyal thinking that it is the work of the church to solely sort this thing out for you. You are in the church that God will help you, but God helps you in his own time. God helps you through his own machinery, in his own time. So, don't become disloyal because... You are hearing things and things are flying in your ears and all of that. I pray that God will secure your heart. I pray that God will save your heart. 
I pray that God will preserve your heart, will save you from the materialistic mindset so that you will not begin to be angry with your pastor, angry with your church, and all of that. The truth of the matter is that we give scholarships to some people, we can't give it to everybody. Because our resources are limited. And sometimes, that's the reason why some people will become offended. That's the reason why people will become angry. But we pray that God will preserve you. We pray that God will preserve you. God will protect your mind. I pray that the Lord, you will fix your eyes on things that are above so that you can continue to serve God without this tension in your heart. And the Lord will bless you because mature Jesus will manifest miraculous power. Any one of you listening to me right now, having a need, I pray with you. I pray that the Lord will restore and the Lord will respond to the cry of your heart. That your hope will not be deferred in the mighty name of Jesus and you will not fall off in Jesus' mighty name. May the curse of this life, the welfare issues of this life, not cause you to fall off in the mighty name of Jesus. I bless you this morning. I declare you are blessed in Jesus' mighty name. This day, may you be blessed. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244 177 831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.